This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. Welcome to our A's Farm podcast. I'm your host, athleticsfarm.com editor-in-chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be talking with A's minor league hitting coordinator, Jim Eppard. He's now in his eighth season overseeing the development of all the A's minor league hitters. And we recently took the opportunity to get his insights on a number of the A's most promising young hitting prospects, some of whom we could be seeing in the big leagues before long. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Jim. My pleasure, Bill. Anytime. I know you've been out uh, roaming around amongst the A's affiliates since spring training's been over. But, you know, as we know, the, the Major League team is uh, in a period of, uh, of transition, shall we say. So today I really wanted to focus mainly on some of the upper-level guys, the guys at uh, AAA and AA, who may actually have, you know, a good shot at uh, – being a part of the of the A's lineup in the near future and really see where we're at with some of those guys who are a little closer to the major league level. And then maybe before we wrap up, we'll come back and just touch on a handful of the most uh, intriguing guys down in A-ball. Yep, sounds great. Uh, you know, I wanted to start out by asking you about a guy who uh, was just recently recalled for the A's, his second to go round here, and that's Jonah Bride. Uh, he had a, a, a little bit of time with the A's last year. And, you know, he got off to a slow start at Vegas this year, but then I believe in May he was hitting close to 400 at Vegas. So um, he really turned things on there recently. Uh, I'm just curious to know, from your point of view, has, has Joe DeBride made, made any adjustments uh, that, that you feel are, are going to enable him to, to be able to succeed at the major league level at this point? Yes, without a doubt. Um, I think, you know, going through what he went through last year at the major league level and really you know, seeing what the landscape looked like up there. Um, and then, you know, coming into spring training, uh, knowing that he needed to change his game, uh, being sent back down, and this was an opportunity for him to really kind of sink his teeth into um, what he knew he needed to uh, work on and get better at. And I, I think the, the thing that sticks out the most is that uh, I believe it was eight home runs that he's hit in two months. So, uh, and that was one of the things I think was lacking at the major level was to try to drive the ball. So, I think his goal coming into spring training and 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 from then on is to you know drive the ball better, get better pitches, and then you know put more more juice into it. And you know one of the things I noticed out of Jonah in spring training when he got sent back down to the minor leagues was that uh, he's an ultra patient guy, anyways. And I thought he was just being a little bit maybe not so much uh, patient anymore, but non-aggressive. So right. I just asked him to. Uh, you know, try to be a little bit more aggressive on pitches that are, you know, near his uh, strike zone, near what he's looking for. And uh, I thought he agreed with that. And, uh, you know, he took it, took it and ran with it and uh, continued to work. And it, it really paid dividends. And he was, you're right, he was, uh, he was smoking hot when he got called up. Yeah, well, he was certainly hitting a lot of doubles and, and homers there in the last month, too. So hopefully he'll have just the right amount of, of aggression and patience uh, to succeed at the major league level this time around. Um, another interesting guy there uh, at Vegas is uh, infielder Jordan Diaz. You know, he's had a couple chances with the A's thus far. We all know, you know, he has the ability to put the bat on the ball. Um, he has the ability to hit the ball hard. But what do you feel Jordan Diaz needs to do to – to get to a point where he can 
be able to consistently contribute and and you know be a regular player at the major league level in the A's lineup in the future. Right. Uh, I see every time he goes up, I think he learns more about what it's going to take to succeed. Uh, as, as the league, you know, gets to see him a little bit more and know him a little bit more, that they're not going to just throw first pitch fastball right down the middle and see what he does with it because we all know what he'll do with it. So he's learning that that's going to be a, a, a piece of work for him is to learn how to get better pitches and be a little bit more patient and hunt those pitches. And then when he gets them, go ahead and fire away. But, you know, just to go up there and attack anything and everything is not going to work. And I think he realizes that now. As we all know, it's a, it's a game of adjustments, and hopefully now that he's had a couple looks at the major leagues, he's, uh, he's ready to make whatever remaining adjustments need to be made. I think a guy at AAA that we all expect is going to be part of the A's future, probably the near future, is second baseman Zach Geloff. You know, he seems to have a pretty professional approach to hitting. He, he knows how to take a pitch. Seems like he's been doing well at Vegas. But I'm curious to know where you feel Zach Geloff is at how close is he to, to being able to be a productive major leaguer? And, and what do you think he, uh, is left for him to do to become the kind of hitter that he, he's going to need to be? Yeah, I, I think he's pretty close. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is his second full season. So, I mean, he's, he's really young as far as uh, experience-wise as a professional is concerned. And the more at-bats that he gets, uh, the better that he will be. Uh, and then even with the struggles, uh, he has struggled at times uh, this year. And I think those are as uh, valuable as the times where he's successful. So, you know, in other words, uh, when when you do struggle, you do have to figure out ways to get out of it. And if they're pitching you differently, uh, things that you might need to do uh, to make that adjustment in order to get back on your feet and, and compete again. And I think he's doing that. Um, so it, to me, it's just uh, to answer your question, what does he need to do? It's just probably just play more games and get get more at-bats and more experience under his belt. And then once he gets there, I think he's going to be a very good player. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we can all pretty easily envision him being a, a key part of the A's future. And another guy that really fits into a similar category in that regard is, of course, former first-round pick Tyler Soderstrom. You know, he's still pretty young, too. He's moved through the system pretty rapidly. Um, everywhere he's been, he's certainly shown the ability to hit the ball hard. You know, he's definitely got that power potential. You know, he still could take a few more walks, um, you know, maybe cut down on some of the strikeouts as well. But he certainly seems to be a guy that has figured out how to do damage at every level he's been at. But where do you feel we're at with Tyler Soderstrom at this point? How far away is he, and, and what do you feel he still has left to work on to become the hitter that, that we would all like to see him be? Yeah, I think Tyler's going to decide when it's time for him to move up, and uh, what he needs to do is just kind of like what you what you hit on is being able to control the strike zone a little bit better. We know he's uh, just an offensive weapon, very dangerous when the ball gets in the strike zone. So it's just a matter of, of him allowing – you know, those guys to throw balls outside the zone and then take it so that he's going to force them to bring the ball back over the plate. And that's part of the cat and mouse game that a pitcher hitter, uh, they, they go through and, you know, they, they're just, there's just no way that they can control the pitchers can control the strike zone well enough day in and day out to continue to get Tyler out. 
I think Tyler gets himself out more than anything. So when he learns to lay off pitches that are not good pitches for him to him to hit, then uh, I think you're really going to see somebody take off, and then he won't be far from being in the major leagues. Yeah, you know, I mean, it seems like he's shown a pretty good uh, ability to adapt to different levels. You know, I mean, he moved up to double A pretty quickly. He then moved up to triple A pretty quickly. And, and even with whatever holes exist in his game, you know, he seems like he may be one of those players that when you move him up a level, he he finds some way to, to make it work and do damage. You know what I mean? I mean, there's some guys, even even with some holes in their games, they, they find a way to make it work when they get that opportunity. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And and Tyler definitely hasn't been, um, I mean, half a season in, in high A, uh, part of a season in double A last year, and then probably a month in triple A last year. So, yeah, he's moved up very quickly. Um, he's learning day in and day out. And, uh, you know, like I said, when he's learned to get better pitches to hit, he's going to be a, uh, a, a real weapon for the A's for a long time. Uh, well, as most people know, you know, Soderstrom's been splitting time between catcher and first base this season. Another catcher there at uh, Vegas this year is Kyle McCann. And, you know, I think we all know he made tremendous progress last year. You know, he looked good in spring training in the major league camp this year as well. I think when Manny Pena went down that, you know, Kyle McCann had a real shot at, at, at making the major league roster uh, on opening day. That shows you the kind of progress he's made recently. He's been hitting well at Vegas this year. But can you talk a little bit about Kyle McCann, the progress you've seen out of him both this year, last year, where you feel he's at, and, and his ability to potentially contribute at the major league level in the near future? Yeah, Kyle, I think behind the plate and even at first base, uh, you know, would be able to handle the major league level right now. But offensively, he is still learning. Um, he's doing a great job, though. Um, he's really doing a, a much better job than when we first got him. He was trying to pull everything and wasn't having any success. So he just tried harder and it just got worse. And it was a lot of rollovers second base or rollovers to the first baseman. Now he's opened up the whole field, and his best swing is probably to left center field. And, and when he taps into that, it really opens up his pull side. So I think the better he gets at recognizing when his swing is off and that he gets back into that off gap, that uh, he'll really start to take off. Uh, so it's just a matter of him paying attention to his results and what he's swinging at. Yeah, and uh, as a left-handed hitting catcher, if uh, if he can do the job, that's also always a useful thing to have on the roster as a left-handed hitting catcher. <laughs> For sure. I think another guy at AAA who's, you know, always intrigued me, you know, he's finally maybe going to get a little extended time at AAA uh, to see what he can do there is Max Schumann. You know, he's plays all over the field, all the outfield positions, all the infield positions, you know, very versatile guy. He's got some speed. You know, he seems to be able to handle the bat pretty well. You know, not a guy that gets a lot of attention. But I'm, I'm curious if, to get your perspective on Max Schumann and, and, you know, what you feel he's truly capable of. And if you think he's the kind of guy that could, you know, one day maybe serve a useful role in that versatile uh, utility man role uh, at the major league level. Yeah, I, I can envision him being uh, easily a, at least a super utility guy. Like you said, he can play everywhere. He has uh, good instincts on the bases. He has good instincts in the field. He knows he knows every uh, intricacy about uh, every position on the on the field defensively. Um, 
it's just a matter of, uh, and I was really happy for him to get out of double A. I don't think there was much else to prove in double A mm-hmm. and, uh, and get a second chance at triple A. He, he didn't perform very well last year when he got called up. So him, for him to get a, a redeemer call up, uh, was great for him. And I think he's really taken advantage of it. Talking to the staff there, they really feel like he's uh, settled in and is comfortable and he's playing the game that Max Schumann can play. Now it's just a matter of being able to, you know, hopefully when he gets that shot to go to the big leagues, that he's not going to need that adjustment period that he can just hit the ground running. But uh, we'll see how that goes. He's a good player, uh, smart kid, uh, loves to play, and uh, he, he puts a lot of effort into it uh, in his pregame and his preparation as far as, like, scouting reports, stuff like that. So he's very prepared and, and always ready to play. So I'm, I'm very excited for him, and I look forward to him one day being with the A's as well. Yeah, no, I'd love to see what uh, he could do if he gets the opportunity. And then finally at Vegas, uh, you know, I have to ask you about a guy who's probably been, you know, the most uh, potent hitter there this year, and that's outfielder Cody Thomas. You know, he had a he had a brief look last year with the A's. He's, you know, just been a lethally dangerous hitter at Vegas all season, uh, pretty much doing everything you can. But what do you feel about Cody Thomas as a hitter and, and his potential if he if he does get another shot at the major league level in the near future? Yeah, he's a he's a very good player. Um he uh, surprisingly uh, just to talk a little bit about his defense. He made some just fantastic plays my, on my last look uh you know running deep into the uh right center field alley and making very nice running catches uh I, better than than I had seen out of him in the past and you know, last year was really tough because, uh, you know, he was coming off of, I believe it was Achilles, uh, but cr- I could be wrong on that, something with his leg. And uh, so it, it took a long time for him to get uh, back in shape. And when he got called up last year, he was only maybe 10, 12, 14 games into his rehab, uh, where now, you know, he's fully healthy uh, a year later. And, uh, you know, he's hitting the ball all over the place with power for average line drive stroke um, doing a, doing a very good job. I hope that he gets a, a, another opportunity now that he's completely healthy. It'd be fun to watch. Uh, definitely. I'd love to see him get a, get a second look too. Um, let's drop down to the double a level now, because um, you know, as much as we've got a lot of guys at triple a that we can envision being a part of the A's uh, near future, there are an awful lot of really exciting young hitting prospects at double a Midland uh, as well and I think you know a great guy to start out with is Lawrence Butler we all know uh, how much he impressed in spring training in the major league camp this year he could be a very exciting very dynamic player he's been having a good uh, season there in Midland but can you tell me what you you've been seeing out of Lawrence Butler and you know if he's making the improvements if he's making the adjustments to to be ready to take it to the new level soon and uh, and hopefully be ready for the major leagues before long yeah, he actually uh, has done way better in Double A than I thought he was going to do. I thought there would be a, you know, a bit of a learning curve offensively, but uh, you know, he came right in and he's he's maintained about a 300 average, and now he's starting to hit for a little bit more power. Um, he's running the bases well, playing great defense, um, using the whole field, and that was another big key for Lawrence is that he got as a youngster he got more into like trying to pull the ball a lot and. That just wasn't part of his game. And as he tapped more into being able to use the whole field and stay on top of the ball and hit line drives, as soon as he did that, he took off. And that was in Stockton a couple of years ago. 
he really hasn't slowed down all that much. A couple of uh, bumps in the road, but uh, this year in Double A, he has he has not missed a beat. And uh, you know, I would I'm not sure how uh, our front office is going to handle him, uh, but for him to have to stay a, a full year in Double A probably wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, it's very good league, very good pitching. Uh, it's tough because you see the same same teams over and over again. There's no secrets. They know everything that you can and can't do. So when you can hit in that type of an environment, then you're really a good hitter, and he hasn't slowed down. So we'll see what the uh, rest of the season has in store for him. But, you know, I can I can see him as a, uh, a longtime major leaguer as well. Well, I think another guy who, you know, fits into a similar category as uh, Lawrence Butler is Denzel Clark, another really exciting, really dynamic outfielder there in Midland. Uh, we know he's got power. We know he's got speed. He can play center field. Everyone always talks about him still being, you know, somewhat raw. He hasn't played as much baseball as some other uh, players have. But, you know, the guy certainly has some very uh, loud tools. And, um, you know, he is succeeding at a at a pretty tough competitive level there at double A, whereas he really hadn't been drafted that long ago. And he, he's still doing the job. So tell me where we're at with Denzel Clark and what you feel he still needs to work on to, to get where he needs to go. Yeah, very surprised with Denzel um, you know he's super super athletic he's a super athlete and I guess I just didn't think that uh, making it to the double a level this early of this year was something that he was going to be able to handle but I think he surprised a lot of people he's proven a lot of people wrong and you know every day that he plays I just think he gets a little bit better I think he figures out a little bit more and uh, as far as the raw tag, he might have that raw tag, you know, for a long time, uh, but it might be just at another level every year. Uh, they'll probably consider him raw once he gets to the big leagues. But uh, that'll be okay because he just continues to learn and, and get better. Uh, as far as what he needs to, to learn how to do to get better is, uh, I think his swing and miss and his, uh, his chases out of the zone are going to continue to get better, and they need to. Um, I think pitch recognition is going to be a big part of that and uh, being able to, again, use the whole field because they, they throw a lot of pitches away to right-hand hitters. And when he gets much better at that, then uh, who knows what he'll be like. It's uh, it's hard to tell. Uh, the story is not written yet. Yeah, well, it's uh, certainly pretty exciting to imagine uh, uh, Lawrence Butler and Denzel Clark in the in the A's uh, outfield in the in the near future. Um, that would certainly do a lot to to bring a lot of excitement to the major league club. That's for sure. And you know, another guy at Midland that I think we all have to be a little pleasantly surprised about this year is uh, shortstop Daryl Hernias, who came over from Baltimore in the Cole Irvin deal. And he's still very young. I think he's 21. I think he's the youngest. Uh, youngest guy on the Midland roster there, yet he's been one of the most productive uh, hitters there for Midland. I think last I looked, he was hitting around 340. You know, he's hitting plenty of doubles as well. He's getting on base. And, you know, particularly for a very young guy in a, in a pretty tough league for hitters, you've got to be pretty impressed with what you've seen out of Daryl Hernia since he's come over. Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, I, I, I think that we we really weren't sure what we had when we first saw him in spring training, uh, you know, just kind of watching him on a daily basis. And then I went to Midland in April and got to see him and he, uh, 
you know, he just looked like he was unsure of himself and uh, wasn't happy. And, you know, things weren't just going his way, so to speak, until I think he started to settle in and he got a lot more comfortable. And it makes sense. He's young. He's in a new organization, new coast. He's all the way in the West now and uh, out of the East. And so I, I, I think that he's just finally settled down and allowed himself to play. And as soon as he did that, he took off and there's just no telling the guy hits the ball extremely hard. He hits the ball all over the field. He's got power. Um, he's got some speed. He plays pretty good defense. Um, I mean, he's a really good player. And as, as long as he just keeps on going, I, I mean, he, he just no telling where it's going to end, where they would be like uh, Lawrence, where, he might he might spend the whole year in Double A, which won't hurt him. Um, he might be on his way to Triple A or or beyond. Who knows? Uh, yeah, and again, you know the fact that he's so young, just 21 years old, in in the Texas League and and doing what he's doing um, certainly gives you plenty of hope for the future uh, where Hernias is concerned. You know, um, a guy at Midland who who I've always loved, and I'm sure you've probably got good things to say about as well, is third baseman Brett Harris. Um, he just seems to be such a professional hitter, such a professional player all around. Um, you know, nothing in particular kind of jumps off the page, but he seems to do everything right. He's He's been one of Midland's best hitters last year, this year, whenever, wherever he is, he seems to be one of the best, most productive hitters on the team. So can you tell me where we're at with Brett Harris, you know, what you foresee for his future, and, and also maybe when the hell is he finally going to get a chance at AAA? <laughs> we, we, we'd all love to see him there in Vegas. Well, I mean, you, uh, you pretty much ran down a perfect scouting report on him. There's very little that on the baseball field that he can't do. Um, if there's one thing that lacks maybe is his foot speed, but he's just a smart baseball player and he, he gets good leads and he gets good jumps. So he actually can steal bases. Um, it's the ball all over the field. I mean, he has power, plays a really solid third base. He's really smart, uh, knows the game. Um, I, I think he's just he's a, a great attribute to whatever team he's going to be on. And when they decide to move him to AAA, he'll do extremely well there. And then by the time he gets to Oakland, um, he'll be uh, – I think he'll equally be as good a player there as, as anywhere else that he's been. Yeah, well, I, for one, am definitely looking forward to seeing more of him at a, at a higher level soon, hopefully. Um, you know, another guy at Midland who is constantly under the radar, and, and I think this is now his – fourth season at Midland, and that's Chase Calabwig. I know he wasn't a high draft pick. I know he's not, uh, you know, a prize prospect, but it seems like he's done nothing but hit at Midland. I think he's hitting around 330 this year. Um, really productive guy. I Again, I know he's not a guy that's high on anyone's radar, but can you tell me your impressions of Chase Calabwig, who's who's sort of, uh, you know, been there at Midland full-time for a few years now, and... Um, what does he have to do to sort of, uh, you know, maybe get get move himself up the up the depth chart a little bit in the near future? Right. I mean, Chase is a guy that uh, it just seems like he's always been in Double A. <laughs> yep. Um, as soon as we signed him, I think that year he might have made it to Double A, and then with a couple of small stops in other places, and then back to Double A. Um, you're right. He just hits. He hits, and uh, he's got a little bit of power. 
Um, he's got a little bit of speed, plays pretty good outfield. Uh, actually, is a pretty good first baseman. Uh, would be a, a great guy on our AAA team uh, when the need arises. And I, I think that his performance uh, will land an opportunity one of these days for him to make it to Vegas. And I think there'll be a lot of people that'll be very, very happy when that happens, uh, including Chase. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure he wouldn't mind that at all. Um, let me ask you about just a couple of remaining guys at Midland who, you know, I, th- I think are, are kind of question marks at this point, um, but were once, you know, very highly prized prospects. And, and the first one is uh, Logan Davidson, former first-round pick of yours. He's now in his third season at Midland. Of course, he was drafted as a shortstop this year with uh, Hernias at, at short and Harris at third and Cooper Bowman at second. Davidson's primarily been playing first base um, this season. And, um, you know, he has improved every year at Midland. I think last year was a little better than his first year. This year's a little better than last year thus far. But obviously, you know, he's not at the the top of the prospect lists as he may have been when he was first drafted. So can you tell me where you think things are at with Logan Davidson and and what do you foresee for him going forward? Yeah, Logan, along with that whole group, you know, kind of got put into a tough spot when they uh, missed all of 2020 because of COVID and missed that full se- that whole season. That would have been his first full season. So 2021 was his first full uh, season at AA. And uh, you're right, he has progressed. He has gotten better every year. And I think this year he's finally made the biggest adjustment that he's made uh, since we've had him. And it's it's been nice to see. Um, you know, we were all expecting it. Um, we just didn't know when it was going to happen. He's doing a much better job of getting uh, better pitches to hit, controlling the strike zone better, and, and laying off pitches that he normally would swing at basically and got himself out a lot so he's he's uh he's no one ever stops doing completely but he's doing a better job of managing it and it's showing up in the stats so uh we'll see um you've seen guys go off the radar and then back on the radar so hopefully he's working his way back on the radar again yeah definitely and again i think another guy who fits into that uh, that sort of question mark category there at Midland is your former top prospect, one of your former top prospects, Lazaro Armenteris. You know, he's finally made it to double-A, started off the year at Lansing, was just hitting up a storm down there, uh, finally getting a chance at double-A. You know, he's been showing the pop. He's been, you know, taking the walks. The the strikeouts are still a little uh, a little concerning, I'd, I'd say. But, you know, it's certainly been a long while now that he's been in the system. He's finally made it to double-A. Where do you think uh, we're at with Lazaro, and uh, you know what do you anticipate for him going forward? Yeah, he's he's uh, he's done a better job the last couple of years of, of of laying off off speed. That's been his Achilles uh, the entire time. He just wants to swing at it, uh, chases it out of the zone a lot, strikes himself out, and once pitchers realize that pitcher catcher combination, then they just uh, start throwing even more breaking balls to him and, and staying away from the fastball. So, um, and then, so he, he's gotten, gotten, a, a, done a better job of uh, attacking the fastball and not missing it when he gets it. Um, and then he's also starting to figure out where that slider should go if he is going to swing at it. So once he gets two strikes, he's going to have to swing at it. If they throw it for a strike. And he's also done a better job of, recognizing where it starts to make it a strike and where it starts to make it a ball. So 
it's a it's a process. Uh, you, you never know how long it's going to take for guys to understand it and figure it out. Uh, but he is doing a better job of it now. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, it, it's just interesting to to see him getting a chance at Double A, and it'll be interesting going forward to see, you know, if he may be uh, capable of doing what he needs to do at the higher levels here. Um, okay, so now that we've talked about a dozen or so guys at the higher levels, Triple A and Double A, who you know, could potentially impact the major league roster at some point in the fairly near future. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to touch on a a handful of guys down in a ball who I think are probably, you know, a few of the most intriguing prospects down there and, and see what we can envision for their futures. And I wanted to start out with your first round draft pick last year, catcher Daniel Susak, who's at Lansing this year. Uh, he seems to be uh, showing a little bit of pop, uh, showing ability to, to put the bat on the ball, to get on base. Um, you know, he's been one of the most productive hitters at Lansing this year. Seems like the Midwest League in the early going, it's still a little chilly there. Maybe not the, the best environment for, uh, for hitters to be productive in, but it seems like he's done a good job in the early going. But tell me what your impressions have been of Daniel Susak now that he's uh, – out there in what's going to be his first full season uh, in the minor leagues with the A's. Yeah, I've been very impressed with Daniel. Um, you know, last year uh, coming out of the draft and three years of college playing year round, he, he was pretty worn out, pretty beat. So we really didn't know what, exactly what we had. Uh, so that rest this off season uh, did him a, a world of good. He had no issues physically when he came in and uh, he's really taken off uh He's also um, much more open-minded this year to uh, things that will re- he'll, he'll be required to do uh, in professional baseball. And uh, it's not about just hitting power. It's about, you know, being able to use the whole field and be a productive uh, offensive player on an offensive team. And uh, he realizes that, and he's doing a great job of it. Um, using the whole field he has a very good eye he has a good pitch recognition and handles the bat uh, the more he plays i think the better that he's going to get he's a big kid strong and uh, even even that being said i think he's going to get stronger as he matures and once he does that he's going to hit even more line drives that are going to fly out of the park um, he's he's uh probably ahead of where i thought he would be uh like you said coming out of april part of may uh, in the Midwest League, especially in Lansing, is very difficult. A lot of lot of snow, a lot of cold weather, a lot of rain, and uh, he's handled it well. So um, we'll just uh, keep going with Daniel and see where it takes us. Yeah, for uh, for a kid who was used to playing there in Arizona in college, um, the Midwest League uh, weather is a little different uh, this time of year. So, <laughs> uh, <Right. laughs> now, another guy at Lansing I wanted to ask you about is another former first-round pick, that shortstop Max Muncy. You know, he's still he's still a young guy too. I think he's still just 20. Uh, he spent half the season in Lansing last year. He's back there again this year. Um, I feel like he's pretty much on par with where he was at last year. Uh, but what what have you seen out of Max Muncy? Uh, do you see him making improvements, adjustments, and what do you feel you know that he needs to focus on at this stage of his career to uh, to get himself to the next level? Yeah, being a 20 year old in that Midwest League High A is uh, is quite a feat. He's uh, he like you say he's he's holding his own. Uh, I, I think if there's one thing on the stat sheet that kind of jumps out is the strikeouts. And uh, I, I think 
you know, as we mentioned with other other hitters that we have, uh, more so striking himself out than the Midwest League pitcher striking him out. Uh, they know he's a free swinger. Uh, will will swing at uh, breaking balls early in the count and pitches that are off the plate. Uh, so he has, uh, you know, we've talked to him a lot about that adjustment, and I think finally he's uh, he's becoming very aware that this is going to be something that will be a very important in his development, and it's taking place right now. Uh, speaking with the staff there in Lansing, they're extremely happy with the progress that he's made. Uh, it's showing up in the game, but the progress usually starts for us in the cage, off the machine, in batting practice, and then it eventually shows up in, in the games. And you know, so you'll see it sporadically in the game, but all of his work is uh, is much improved over last year. His uh, his attitude, uh, not that he's ever had a bad attitude. Uh, he never has. He probably never will. Uh, but his attitude about uh, what it's going to take to you know, become a better player, become a better hitter offensively is uh, is far superior than it's been in the past. Uh, yes, I, I know um, one of the hurdles you guys have to deal with is is convincing some of these young guys of, of the things that, that maybe they haven't been used to doing, but they're going to have to get used to doing to succeed at the major league level. I know a lot of times with the pitchers, um, you know, it's convincing them to throw that changeup that they've never had, you know, much experience uh, throwing or maybe they had much confidence in and trying to convince them that they're going to need to have that changeup. They're going to succeed at the major league level. Is that something, you know, similar that you also experience a lot with the, uh, with the minor league hitters? Yeah, 100%. Um, I believe that, High school kids, youth league coaches, uh, high school coaches are telling these kids that are, you know, first round picks and really good players, physical players, offensive players that, you know, they need to expand the zone and they need to go outside of the zone and uh, make contact so that uh, they don't just get walked all the time. Mm-hmm. So once they come to us, then it's the other way around where these kids are now around other players who are more physical and and more you know like them and uh so they need to now change gears and they're just not used to that and they don't quite understand why that has to be until they go through it a bit and you know i think that happens to a lot of guys right once they experience it then they realize the wisdom of your words (laughs) exactly Uh uh so the final uh minor league hitter i wanted to ask you about is a guy who was recently your second round pick and that's outfielder Henry Bolte, who uh, is, is now at Stockton. Uh, he's been uh, hitting very well. They're doing a good job. I think he's still just 19 years old in the Cal League. And, uh, you know, he's, he didn't start out the season there. But since he's joined Stockton, um, he's been doing a pretty good job of uh, taking his walks, getting on base, showing, showing a little pop. But I know you guys held him back down in Arizona for a while. I think you were working on his swing, trying to rebuild some things with him. But tell me a little bit about about what you've sort of gone through with Henry Bolte, what some of the work that's been done, and and where do you feel he's at now, and how he's implementing a, a lot of the work that was put in down in Arizona. Yeah, his swing was uh, it wasn't very consistent. Uh, it was, the way I look at it, it was kind of clunky. Things just kind of you know fired off in different orders, and uh, it wasn't finely tuned. And it's it's still in the process of that happening, but. 
he's much better now than than he was when he well when he when we had him in the draft a year ago um compared to uh institutional league and then on into spring training i think he was there for two weeks or so and it uh became a lot more consistent um i think his eyes were opened up by not making that stockton team and uh and really took it to heart that he needed to clean some things up with his swing and his approach and also what he was swinging at so uh he did those things uh and it was time for him to go uh to stockton and he has been a pleasant surprise you know a 19 year old kid sitting right in the middle of that order on a daily basis uh playing very good outfield runs the bases well good baseball player and uh He's shown some uh, big-time power uh, to right field, and uh, he's learning how to pull the ball. Um, and that just keeps keeps getting better uh, on the reports that, that I keep hearing. And I saw those guys two weeks ago. Uh, very pleasant surprise to see uh, how well Henry's doing, and I just see him getting better and better as we go. Yeah, no, it's always uh, great to see those uh, guys who, who are still teenagers succeeding at uh, any level of professional ball. Good to see them getting off to a, a good start uh, like Henry Bolte has. And uh, like I mentioned, with the, the Major League team in a bit of a transitional period, you know, it's as important as ever to see these minor league guys developing as they should, making the adjustments that they need to, and getting themselves in a position to to seize those opportunities, which are, are plentiful at this point. So uh, it's good to see that a lot of these guys have been doing that in the early going this year. And obviously, uh, you're the one who's in charge of working with these guys. So when they're doing what they what they need to do, we got to give you a little hat tip as well. So uh, we, we, we appreciate all the hard work you do with these guys. And also, we appreciate you taking the time to come on here and, and share some of your insights with us. So uh, we know what we've got to look forward to in the future for the A's. So thanks again for taking the time to, to join us and talk with us today, Jim. Thank you, Bill. I do appreciate it, and uh, uh, thank you again for the, uh, the the nice words about my coaching. But I'll also uh, pass along to the uh, the minor league coaches that are the boots on the ground, and they're handling these guys on a daily basis. They're doing a great job as well. So we appreciate it. Yeah, it definitely takes a village, right? <laughs> no doubt. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Jim. We'll talk to you again soon. My pleasure. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 